Once a prominent psychologist, tragedy forced Dr. Xander Crow down the dark pathways of the occult, and he was transformed. Now, chasing the vision of a dead woman, Dr. Crow finds himself in the haunted town of Wormwood, where evil lurks in the shadows and stains the souls of its inhabitants. Welcome to Wormwood. Hello and welcome back to Postmortem, our special edition podcast of Wormwood, a serialized mystery. Postmortem is where we take the surgeon's scalpel to the bloated corpse of Wormwood, slice it open, and take a look at the inner workings of our little show. Today, in our second installment, we've got a special writer's roundtable discussion with a couple members of the Wormwood writing staff. I'm your host tonight, David Acampo. I'm one of the show's co-creators, as you may have seen. And before we get to our writer's roundtable discussion, I want to take a moment and remind you about a couple things. First of all, we've got two contests that are running right now. We have the Worm Food Contest and the Wormwood Art Contest. The Worm Food Contest, as you might recall, is where you send us your name and the grisly manner in which you would like to die in Wormwood. Our writers will pick out the favorite method of death, and they will kill you sometime during Season 2. Won't tell you when. You're going to have to wait and find out. The next contest is the Wormwood Art Contest. Because of the fact that Wormwood is an audio-only format, we want to see how you imagine our characters. So if you've got any sort of artistic talent, even if you don't, you never know. You can use photography, illustration, painting, whatever you'd like. Send us your artwork. We will pick our favorites, and we will put them into the album cover art for Season 2 of Wormwood, subtitled Crossroads. And we'll also put that artwork on our website. Okay, those are the contests. Before we move on, I also want to mention that we do have a voicemail line. It is 206-426-5336. Go ahead and call us. Uh, make sure you keep them kind of short, 30 seconds maybe. You know, Give us your comment or question about Wormwood, and we may play it at the end of a future episode. We also have forums. If you go to our website and look in the right sidebar, you will see a link to visit the forums, so check those out. There's some activity going on. Very cool to see people talking about Wormwood. And you might even find a writer or an actor hanging out there. I know that Jeremiah Allen, who we're going to talk to in a few minutes, has uh, spent some time on their posting. So check it out. Hang out with the writers. Before we get to the writers' roundtable discussion, I want to do one last thing. I want to give some shout-outs right now. Specifically to... Fred Greenhall of Radio Drama Revival. Fred was one of the first people to find us and review us on his show. And uh, we just think that's super cool. The second one, along those same lines, Jack and Shannon of the Sonic Society. A great, great podcast. Jack and Shannon played the first two episodes of season one of Wormwood. I know they've driven a lot of traffic our way and really excited a lot of interest in the project. And uh, great people. Great fans of audio drama. Very cool. So Jack and Shannon, thank you. The last one I want to mention is sffaudio.com. They reviewed us early on, gave us a glowing review. They mentioned us again on their site when we had our season finale. And again, they mentioned us in their blog to tell you all about our postmortem series. So that's really cool. Very happy with that. So very excited that um, people seem to really be into what we're doing. And, uh, you know, it's driving, driving people to our site. People are finding us. And that is very cool. Okay, have I blathered on long enough? Are you guys ready to listen to the cool stuff? Okay, so what we did is Jeremy Rogers and I, we got on the line with Tiffany K. Whitney and Jeremiah Allen, and we talked to them about writing for Wormwood. Hello, and welcome to the Wormwood Writers Discussion Roundtable. I'm your host, David Acampo, the uh, co-creator and co-executive producer of Wormwood, a serialized mystery. With And the Garth to my Wayne is uh, Jeremy Rogers. He's here with us also. Jeremy, how you doing? Hey, pretty good. You? <laughs> and tonight we've got a couple a couple other writers from the uh, from the show. We've got, uh, in the order that they joined our, our uh, team, we've got Jeremiah Allen. Yeah, the Tia Carrera to their uh, Wayne and Garth. <laughs> and Tiffany Whitney. Hello. <laughs> Soul female All right. of this entire thing. So, yeah. It's interesting <laughs> sometimes. She's the Rob Lowe. <laughs> um, 
All right. So what we wanted to do tonight was we wanted to kind of peel back the curtain and let you guys, um, uh, let you, the audience, uh, hear from the writers behind the show. Um, I, I want to preface this by saying that we created Wormwood to to run like the Wormwood writing staff to run like a a, a, a TV writer's room in that Jeremy and I kind of fleshed out the concept. Uh, we knew it was kind of a big series idea, and then we wanted to bring other writers in because we really wanted to collaborate with everybody. He and I, Jeremy and I, have collaborated with, uh, with, you know, with each other for a number of years, but we were kind of really excited about the idea of bringing other writers in. So when we started this, we had a very skeletal series Bible in mind, and, um, and, but we, we knew that we wanted to start getting other voices in, in the mix. So the first thing we did is we actually went and we uh, contacted Jeremiah Allen. He we, he had been on a, uh, a short-lived comic book writers workshop uh, forum, and uh, and the, the, he had some really good scripts on there, but he also had some really uh, poignant questions for us regarding a script that we had put up there. So we liked the, we liked him, and we wanted to see if he if he could you know if he would write for us and everything. So Jeremiah, you suddenly writing these comic scripts, which you still do, and you'll be able to plug those later, don't worry. Um, <laughs> you you were approached by me uh, uh, to, to write, to, to join our team. What? Give me your take on that. Give me your side of the story. Well, uh, that workshop thing, that, that lasted a, a, a little while. Uh, uh, I don't know if it was a month or two or whatever, but like it was poof, it was gone. Like it completely disappeared. And uh, it, I don't know how long it was between them, but out of nowhere, <laughs> here's here's Dave just freaking showing up not on my doorstep because kansas is a hell of a long way from everywhere um <laughs> yeah so like uh i don't know it was, it, it was really cool it was sort of flattering because here i am you know i'm still a kid and, and and i don't know anything about writing and that's what i always wanted to do and all of a sudden uh here's this weird opportunity and i thought to myself you know man if i don't jump on this they're gonna get some other jackass probably from oklahoma and uh they're totally gonna run with it and be famous and here i'm gonna be in the dust so uh, it was it was totally uh, one of those things where you knew there was going to be something there. The creative energy was there. Um, you guys' script, Dave and Jeremy's scripts, that I had actually looked at before, they were really cool, got some stuff, and I still think they should do them eventually. Hint, hint, you know, get get that done. And it was just it was flattering and awesome all at the same time. And uh, and now once we got rolling, Jeremiah was you were our first uh, kind of uh, guinea pig. So to speak. Um, so, so you, we actually had you uh, write us a little spec. You wrote like a, I think it was a ten-page spec, um, and and it actually uh, um, led to a large component uh, of season one because um, it dealt directly with Rachel and Jacob. I, I want to stop for one second. I want to remind any listeners that this is going to contain spoilers for season one. We're going to try and you know we're not going to give everything away, but this is really meant as a post-mortem to season one. So hopefully you've listened to season one. If not, you may want to skip this for now because there's some things that we just can't get around. So uh, so with that said, I'm going to take it a f- further and say that uh, the idea that you pitched to us was that Rachel was, de- was dead and she visited Jacob as a ghost. And we, we love that idea, and it actually became a central, a central piece to the, to, to the season one and season two now uh, script. Yeah, so, it, was, um, it was just one of those things where you're like, um, I, I don't know anything, you know, I think you guys are like the, the holy grail of, of my career, right? So, like, I got to do something to spice it up, right? So, uh, I was like, well, yeah, well, they haven't started the show yet. Everything's a blank slate. Well, it's not a completely blank slate, but, like, uh, here we've got this, you know, uh, Peter Parker-esque kid, and, and you've got his semi-sort of sometimes but not really girlfriend. I was like, well, let's let's just kill her and see what happens and, and sort of, you know, uh, set up a, a villain uh, sort of a villainous uh, side to whatever was going on with everything with Xander. So, like, I sort of just threw it out there and, and hoped that, that, that the shock would be sort of a mystery. And and I guess it worked because it's a pretty heavy thing um, in the series. It's a pretty dense part of the series. Uh, oh, yeah. And that's, so that's like that's like the feather in my cap. And if I die, I, uh, like tomorrow, today, if I get hit by a bus, it doesn't matter. It's cool because Jacob and Rachel have a big part of the show. 
and I'm not cool with that. <laughs> That's very true, and I just want to uh, uh, just throw that out there that um, while we do all work together to break the scripts, um, uh, we all we all get together on Skype in a virtual uh, sort of writer's room, and we break the stories. But different people take ha- have an affinity of different characters. And Jeremiah over season one, he sort of you you really came together and 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 really championed the Rachel and Jacob story to the point where you're kind of running that story as far as I'm concerned. Um, I'll throw in my opinions and and maybe you know change a little thing here or there. But you know overall, you're pretty much running the Rachel and Jacob storyline right now as we're as we're hip deep in season two. So, so that is uh, a testament to the skill and uh, to our, our our trust in you and you know how you've sort of you know given your own voice to the show and everything as well. So, well, absolutely, and that's one of the things with ensemble cast that we have. It's so cool that all of us and 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 I know everyone everyone brings in their favorite character, <laughs> and uh, they just pretty much get a get a run and, and tell the kind of stories they want. You know, like. Uh, Dave, you've got one. Jeremy's got one. Tiffany's got one. So it's it's really cool. We just get to flex our creative muscles like that. Exactly, exactly. All right, so let's turn our attention to Tiffany now. Um, Tiffany, you joined our – you were one of the last. I think you, right before Rick, uh, joined the, the, the crew. And, and we had already scripted the first eight, so we were in the second uh, – we were in 9 through 16 when you joined us. And um, I can't remember. I think did we put out – how did we contact you? You tell, you tell me your story from, from your side. Um, I was actually trying to uh, run like a, a networking thing in Los Angeles, and that's how I met you guys at one of my little events at a kind of a, I guess it would be like a, a dinner in a movie place where they basically serve you dinner and you watch a movie at the same time. That's and right. They, yeah. they had to separate into a little room. The place is called Cinespace. And you and Jeremy showed up one night because I had somehow gotten a radio station to kind of pimp the event. <laughs> you and did indeed. you got yeah, and you guys came <laughs> and so met you guys there. We became friends through MySpace, and then like after that kind of like broke up. You know, we were all on MySpace, but didn't really talk. And then you put up that call for writers, and I was like, eh, that could be fun. And <laughs> so I, you know, asked you guys, yeah. and you said yes, and you had me write my little my little <laughs> spiel thing, my little episode, like ten pages, and. You know, and I guess from there you liked it, so that's cool. <laughs> My episode. No, we did. I mean, it, from our perspective, uh, you know, we met you. You were you were hosting that kind of spin-off meetup group at the time, and 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 it was really cool, and we liked you. You know, you're really funny and witty, and we knew that. And I knew you were a writer, and I also knew you were a Star Wars geek, and you know, sort of things that all were in our wheelhouse. You know, mm-hmm. and and uh, so when I put out that call for writers uh, through MySpace, I, I guess it was. Yeah, I'm remembering that now. Um, you you wrote back to us, and uh, I'm like, you know, this. I think Tiffany might have what it takes. Let's give her a shot. See what she can see what she can do. You wrote a Jimmy Details uh, story, as I recall, and it was mm-hmm. it really captured two things, uh, as I recall. And Jeremy, you can you can jump in on this too. Is one is that Jimmy Details was really funny, mm-hmm. and the second thing was that you actually used the rate the audio format, and you kind of jumped around the town, unifying it. Do you remember that, Jeremy? I do. It was an earthquake, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah. You you skip around to all the different locations and use the earthquake to connect everything like that, and it, it was great because it it kept the story vibrant in only audio, and that's hard to do. That that might be a lost or, or like a a little vignette or something that we have to record sometimes so people can hear some of the spec scripts like uh, Jeremiah's and Tiffany's uh, little. Script. That would be nice. Elements have worked into the story, but not necessarily directly. In the, in, in the case of Tiffany's, who knows, there could still be that earthquake at some point, you know. There could mm-hmm. still be the didgeridoo, and I will say no more than that. <laughs> yeah, for, for people who probably will never hear that spec script produced, um, it, it was basically me just playing around with the idea of Jimmy Details and his band and Depressive Manics and um, his innovative idea for revolutionizing metal was to add a didgeridoo into uh, <laughs> metal. And so it, it would sound interesting, and it ended up um, actually being the call for, uh, the obviously, the, the, the objects that we kind of introduced in Season 1, and it just sort of activated things. And this was before I knew hardly anything from Wormwood, except for I don't even think I had the Bible at the time. I, I'm, I can't remember. Mm-hmm. I think but, I probably sent you the the series Bible, which in yeah. whatever state it was in, and probably the first two scripts. I think that's what I did with mm-hmm. with most of uh, most of you guys. 
And so, so it yeah, it, it was funny. Like I mean, that. there still wasn't a lot written on Jimmy details, and so for you to come up with this voice for him and and the voice and voice for his band actually, mm-hmm. uh, you know, w- was pretty it was pretty funny, and we knew that that had a lot of potential. So, so um, the first script that you wrote would have been episode eleven or twelve. Episode twelve. Twelve. Okay. Mm-hmm. It was episode twelve. It was, was um. It was the introduction of Phineas, I think. I think the you're right. first, the first big scene with uh, Phineas. So, how was that for you? The first script, you basically are having to write to our voices, the voices that we established, and we had. You probably had access to all to the scripts up to at least the first eight scripts. I'm not really mm-hmm. sure. Um, and but that's and, and I don't know if you had actually heard any of the voices at that time, any of the actors. Had we had we actually launched the show yet? Um, I think we hadn't launched the show at the time. We didn't have actually maybe the I think the first two episodes were recorded. I think that's what it was. And um, I had written that script episode twelve, and I remember it being sort of a rocky experience because just in terms of like I was still trying to pick up the voice exactly and and the style of Wormwood and there were things in there that you kept but I also remember you going back and changing a couple things just so that it would fit more into it but it was a good first effort and then I remember episodes later you haven't had to really change anything so that was good I just I guess I had to kind of grow into the series but you know obviously there were parts that stayed like there's a, a conversation that Sparrow and Crow have and that um where they basically get mad at each other and they have this big argument and then there's a scene um, with Deidre and, and Crow in, in a diner and she's telling him to basically apologize to Sparrow for that argument. And I remember those being bits and pieces that you liked. So, I mean, if anything, I think my strength sort of comes in those little intimate scenes of, you know, where it's a lot of character development more than, than the mystery aspect. But I think I'm getting better at the mystery aspect too, so... Yeah, yeah. The, episodes, the, so. the mystery aspect is sort of a, a a unique aspect of our show. Uh, but yeah, that's I, I will agree with that. Is that while there were things, little things we changed here and there, it is a I think it is a growing experience. It is uh, difficult probably to write for you know write for somebody else who's already established a voice. But I think both you and Jeremiah, um, you've really uh, uh, worked it out. Where there's not much that we change. I mean. And this goes back to I want to explain to the audience again that we run this like a TV writers room, and Jeremy and I are the are sort of the showrunners. So what happens is everything comes back through us, and it's because we initiated the whole thing. We sort of make alterations or changes or, or, or touch things up so that it fits what is in our heads for Wormwood. And uh, uh, the less that we touch up in each episode, it means that the closer you were, you know, from the ground running, you know. And it doesn't mean, and even if we did change stuff, it doesn't necessarily mean that it was, uh, that your stuff was any worse. It was just like, you know, it always comes back to, is this, this match what we want to, you know, mm-hmm. the, the, what we want to put out there. And so, uh, so that's what we do. And it's been, I think it's been a pretty um, fun collaboration so far. I mean, I think uh, when we have our writers' room meetings, those seem to be a lot of fun, and there's not a lot of ego involved. I don't sense. Um, yeah, the you only know, Jeremiah. <laughs> Except my ego, right? <laughs> no, no. I was going to say, Jeremiah, uh, you, you and I, you and uh, Jeremy and I have gone back and forth early on, even before the writers' room. Where, and I like this, is that you know, if you had something that you believed in, you would fight for it and argue <laughs> it, and we would argue back. And there were a few sticking points. You know, in the end, you kind of know that we're going to make a final call one way or the other. But we always. Uh, I mean, tell me if I'm wrong, but I think we always sort of hear it out and listen to well, it and throw it the wall. Yeah, absolutely. Here's the thing, though. Like, the creative process, like, a, you know, you get really passionate about something. You have this vision in your head, and and I do this probably uh, so so badly that I, you guys are going to have to, like, start uh, tasering me to <laughs> put me down sometimes, you know, because, like, I get something in my head. I'm like, wow, this is amazing. This is the next like uh, freaking Hemingway, right? And I was like, you know, totally pretentious in, in my brain. And uh, it comes out, and you guys are like, I mean, I mean, you know, like you're like, yeah, no, that's probably not good. Sometimes you should just probably just say, hey, listen, this is uh, probably the worst fucking thing I've ever read, and uh, you need to go back to the drawing board, right? But, no, it's really cool. Uh, we spitball things. We throw things against the wall to see if they stick. And say, oh, that's cool. If not, you know, we'll figure something out. It's really cool because you've got all these minds working together, uh, sort of molding this 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 big ball of ideas. It's it's pretty cool. Yeah, it is. Uh, Jeremiah, let me stay on you for a minute and ask you. After you had written some of the scripts before hearing the actors, 
has your process has have the voices changed in your head or has your ri- approach to writing them changed since hearing the actors put you know voices to these characters <laughs> a little bit a little bit uh Jacob's taller in my head than he was before <laughs> yeah you you like that like like he seems the voice is much more mature i was I wasn't thinking of a squeaky geeky guy but um yeah, he sounds like a jock, you know. It, it changes. It's a little bit, a little yeah. bit more mature, you know. Like, yeah. a, um, I'm still, tr- I, I keep trying to write the the voice as, as you know, I always go back to that Peter Parker thing because that's like the mm-hmm. stereotype that sells everything. And, uh, but yeah, yeah, Jacob's taller, and that's that's my answer <laughs> to the question. <laughs> <laughs> okay, and then an audio show. That's that's a big feat. I'm going to tell Scott Olenek, uh who plays Jacob? That uh, you know, he plays him tall. <laughs> if you if you need him need him ever to play shorter, just let us know and we can direct that during one of the yeah. recording sessions. <laughs> I'll just lower the mic stand a little bit so he has to hunch over. He's like, what? No chair for me? No, no. We need you down kneeling in front of the table. <laughs> the scene calls for it. <laughs> so Tiffany, same question to you. It's after hearing that, have, have, over the time, not just our edits, but hearing the people and, and, and maybe listening to the episodes over time, has your have the characters changed in your mind and has your approach to writing them changed? I'd say definitely on a couple of them. Crow never changed because I think we all pretty much had the same conception of who Crow was just from reading it. I mean, you, mm-hmm. you have like this eccentric British guy in your head and, you know, there, there's usually only one person that you can see in your head and it's the eccentric British guy, and you you hear him. Now, the actor is perfect. I don't change the way that I write for him because it, it's the same thing I had in my head, but I actually think he does it better. So, you know, it it, it might make it... I, I don't feel held back, I guess, when I write for Crow because that guy can do anything, and he's brilliant. So, I mean, That's he's a true. great actor. Um, Let's see... Sparrow, um, I don't change her quite so much, but I always kind of figured her a little bit. I mean, she, she's a sarcastic person, but I guess in my head, originally before I heard the actress, I thought it was a little bit more. And she's a little bit more deadpan than I originally thought in my head. So it kind of altered how I, I work with her. Jimmy is fine. I still write for him because that actor can also accomplish everything that I want to do with him. I love Jimmy Details because he's so funny and I I yeah. like to make him the nerd. He's probably one of my favorite characters. Um, oh, he, he's great, yeah. Yeah. Let's see. Um, I, I will agree that Jacob is the one person who I imagined him much different than he comes off sounding. Um, I said, sure. Yeah, I said he sounded kind of like a, a jock. Not necessarily like, you know, the, the big dumb football jock, but, you know, he, he sounds... Again, like like you guys said, it kind of a more mature kid mm-hmm. than than I ever expected. I kind of expected the geeky voice too, and he doesn't at all. So yeah. you know, it, it yeah. does change things. So, but not not too much. I mean, we all hear their voices in our head, and it doesn't change mm-hmm. the writing too much. But yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna answer my own question and say that Dave Johnston, who voices Wayne Drexel. Wayne Drexel, I think, started off as a one-note joke from Jeremy about the coffee filters collapsing, that he would just be this disembodied voice on the on the radio. I love the guy's performance so much and the way he brings out Wayne that it kept pushing me to write more so that by episode 23 or 24, when we have that big revelation about Wayne, uh, you know, he, he's a completely new character, and I don't think I would have done that if it weren't for if it weren't for the actor that plays him. So, uh, so yeah, it, that definitely affects affects. Uh, uh, the way I, I can't not hear our actors' voices. Now we we have Jeremy and I have more exposure to them than you do because we're sitting there at the recording sessions, we're directing them, you know, and we hear all the raw materials we edit together. So I can't not hear these voices a- anymore. So Jeremy, how about you? Did did things change for for you after uh, after uh, after you know hearing the voices and hearing the actors as they sort of took over the roles? You know, I'm sure it did. It's really hard to hard to think back now. We've had these actors for so long that, um, say, um, Xander's, I don't know, he, he, he's very easy to write now that I've heard his voice. <clears throat> you know, when I have to do a scene with him, I it, it, it flies by faster than pretty much anything else because I'm listening to his voice say it. Um, didn't have that the first couple of scripts, and I kind of struggled with that in the beginning um, with him in particular. But beyond that, um, I don't know, Lamora. I didn't really have 
an idea for, but I like the way that they played off each other in, um, what was it, episode 11, something like that, when, when Xander finally meets up yeah. with Gamora, that, that, that turned yeah. into a big thread for me that I've run with for a while. That yeah. and that was also a one-off character. I never had any ideas to extend. <laughs> but I remember, she, yeah, but, uh, peeling back that curtain, I remember telling you, she's the bad girl in the soap opera. Every soap yeah, opera has yeah. a bad girl. I said, you can't just... I, I believe, and this is a, a revelation right here, is that we were going to kill off Lamora in, in one episode, right? We were going to kill her off pretty quickly, initially. Um, I think I was going to have her disappear after episode oh, disappear. five. Okay, I thought we were going to... Before she even met yeah. Xandra, but you wanted to use her for something, I think for the uh, funeral scene. Yeah. And um, so she was still on the picture, and then I had the idea for the episode right after the one you needed her in, and it just uh, it yeah. really clicked, and I, I liked how you could play her around different different characters, different personalities, and, and I never really had that in mind until yeah. until the voice was, you know, cast. Exactly, exactly. Um, okay, so that's talking about the actors and how you hear the voice performances. I want to ask you guys, um, Tiffany, let's start with you. Um, when you actually hear the final audio production, um, did it change the way you think about script writing? Um, tell me about your process in, in writing for audio and if it changed after listening to how we cut it together, um, did you find things that did work and didn't work, or have you adapted yourself a little bit to the medium? Um, I haven't exactly had to adapt myself to the medium in so much as like, okay, I'm, I, I don't know how to really phrase it. Um, the biggest difference in writing a script for audio is simply because you have to be cognizant of the fact that nobody's seeing anything, so you have to really think of you know, okay, I, I can't show this, I have to actually have them say it. And unfortunately, that means sometimes you have to actually have the actor come out and say, you know, oh, I'm doing such and such, or I'm going to go inside, because you can't really, you, know, you you can't show it like you can on film. But um, that that's probably about the biggest difference. And hearing them is doesn't really change my process so much either, just because I was familiar with old radio dramas prior, so I kind of knew how they did it. But in terms of how the production comes out. I think our production sounds great. It, it it comes out a lot like an old radio drama. It sounds fantastic. Um, my only complaint would be like in our first couple episodes where we had some audio issues where we kind of have like some echoes and stuff, but that's mm -hmm. obviously something that we've worked on and kind of changed a little bit. But otherwise, yeah, our, our production sounds great. And it, it you know, I, I know how it's going to come together. So it makes the script writing pretty easy, but in terms of, like, you know, is it harder to write for audio now? I mean, you just, again, have to be cognizant of the fact that you can't show things. You have to, Yeah, you know. yeah. Well, one thing I want to say about how everybody writes the, the scripts, you know, since it is audio, it, it could easily fall into a pattern where people just stand around and talk, and then we change mm -hmm. scenes, and those people stand around and talk. We're all doing pretty good, I think, at keeping everything very dynamic, and there seems to be a, a strong sense of movement to all the episodes, even though you're not seeing it. Everybody's really good at, at at keeping the action going, you know. That, that's and one thing that that, I that was very important to me that we we didn't just you know now we're in the diner let's just have them talk and now we're in this location let's just have them talk. There's there's some action scenes that we're scripting here and I'm very happy with that. Um, Jeremiah, do you have any thoughts to add to that uh, on the same uh, question? Right on, absolutely. Um, uh, yeah, I like to keep our sound effects guy busy. And I, I didn't I didn't realize that early on, like sort of like um I just pretty straightforward like walking through the grass sounds or or you know, crickets at night or whatever, uh in the church and things. But man, once we start getting into it I was I was just thinking to myself, you know, um I wanna come up or I wanna I wanna actually describe the sounds on the page so that so that the production can go in and, and have a field day trying to figure out how to, you know, break a break a stick of celery for a broken bone or something. You know, there's some creepy stuff like that, you know. Or like uh, I, uh, water dripping in caves. Or, <laughs> I was that right to say, I had to edit uh, one of your episodes where um, it was Jacob and Rachel walking through. I think they're on a gravel road, then they're in the grass, and then somebody's shooting at them, then they're running, then they're in the cave, then the, the cell phone rings, and the shovels picked up and the scuffle and the, the water drippage. It was a chore to put that together. It sounded yeah. great when it was done. Well, <laughs> yeah, I like to, I like to keep you guys busy, you know, cause that's like a, I, I just, it's hard to, if you're not going to be there with your eyes and if you're not going to be there with your nose and you know, like those are the most memorable things you gotta, we gotta really like, there's a search for the Holy grail for the perfect sound effect, you know, to, to, to put people in that moment. 
and and you just gotta you you just gotta we've got to look for ways to to draw people in because we don't have you know the nose and the eyes. And, exactly, uh, it, it works yeah. though. I mean, I it has to be that way, and I, I think it's turning out really well. Yeah, and then and then we come up with signature sounds like like a Rachel's or or uh, the awesome. I think Rob does does Will Abner right. Like that's, <laughs> that's like the greatest yeah. the greatest. Uh, character acting ever, sound effects uh, ever, and there's props to him for that because that dog is just supposed to be this dopey little dog that was just you know just off the side, and then all of a sudden I'm finding myself writing lines for the dog because he's awesome <laughs> at it, you know. We just talked with our actors in a separate discussion, and uh, they were both commenting on the fact that there was one instance where we uh, we you had written another uh, uh, set of instructions with Lil Abner. And uh, we 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 almost forgot to record it. And Jeremy was and Jeremy I think said to Rob said something like, oh you know don't worry about it. We'll just we'll just grab some of the previous effects that you recorded in the last session and we'll just throw them in there. And and he said no 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 let me do this right now I'll knock it out you know. And he went and recorded fresh sound effects for for fresh responses for Little Abner. <laughs> so there's a lot of character though. Come on, Little Abner is typical. <laughs> Um, I, I want to stay on that question for one minute. I want to drill in a little bit deeper. Um, Tiffany, you touched on this. You don't have a site, you don't have the picture to rely on. So in some cases, um, do you guys change how you, do you change the story so that it can be told in audio, or do you just find new ways to make the audio work in the story. Do you, when you get to that point of you have to have the actor actually say something, I mean, you can have really cheesy stuff like, oh, that hideous creature coming at me with the slime coming out of its eyes and, the, you know, and that doesn't sound right. What do you guys do as writers to combat that, to make it sound as natural as possible? Have you found any tricks? Have you, are you still working on it? Is it just a matter of you know, how you... How you lay down stuff on the page. You use dialogue in different ways to get it out. Um, so, Tiffany, you have any thoughts on that? Um, yeah, I, I would say it's always a work in progress because obviously, yeah, you want to avoid the ah, big scary monster thing because, yeah, that doesn't sound right. Um, some of the old uh, radio shows actually do do things like that, but that's because, you know, that was the only thing they, they had. And if they wanted to do something, well, you had to find a, a way to do it. And for me, it's like if there's something I want to do, uh, with two characters, then I have to find a way of doing it and not compromise the fact that I want it there. So I, I guess my ability to put it in there kind of, it, it has to adapt. So, I mean, I, I will always find a way of putting what I want to do in there. Um, it does mean kind of getting a little bit creative with the dialogue while trying to keep it as as you know, real sounding as possible. But it also means possibly like, you know, trying to figure out a sound effect that's going to come through that, you know, it'll make it more natural for them to say something completely obvious. So, you know, I, I, I don't know how to quite say it, but yeah, if, if there's something I want, I'm not going to not put it in just because I, I think, oh, there's no way to show this in audio because there, there always is. And, you know, they, they always say that there's, you know, a solution to every problem, you just have to be creative enough to find it, and I think a good writer is going to find a way to do that. So, and I won't let it stop me. So, I, I agree. Couldn't agree more. Um, Jeremiah, any thoughts on that? Do you have a similar experience? Uh, exactly. Yeah, almost exactly the same. It's a challenge. You know, uh, we're, you know, we're we're writers at heart, so we're gonna we're gonna want to learn ways to get better. We're not we're not super pros. We're not. I'm not going to come out and say that, you know, I'm the best thing since sliced bread, the greatest show on earth. You know, you paid for the whole seat, but you're only going to use the edge. Um, that's not, you know, that's sort of not it. Like, I try and find the most difficult situation possible and to figure out how to do it, and I won't shy away from it. I really like I really like the challenge, you know, and I think it makes us all better trying to trying to take the take the visceral medium and, and put it into someone's ears. It's, 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 it's fun. It's a challenge. Yeah. That's right. We this is the theater of the mind, and uh, you know there are different tricks employed. Uh, Tiffany, you mentioned the old radio shows. One of the things that I did, uh, and that I kind of pitched to you guys midway through, is I started listening to some of the old radio shows just to refresh, you know. And uh, and I was surprised at, at some of them you employing um, storytelling tricks where within a story you had one character tell the other character a tale. And it, that allowed a certain kind of narrative uh, style, a, a narrative prose style, uh, spoken word style that 
that I didn't, I hadn't even been thinking about until that point. And uh, what that does, that adds a lot of time, I noticed, and so I had to kind of scale that back a little bit. You can't get, let somebody tell a story for too long, or it actually eats up a lot of your, a lot of your time in your that you have in your episode. But that's something that I did uh, in in looking at new ways to do it. Um, uh, and I know Jeremy, I think uh, we really tried to work on sound effects. Is that right, Jeremy? I think I remember you trying a lot of different things in sound effects and stuff like that, and how to Wait. how to how to use the sound effects for the theatricality uh, of the the action and whatnot. Sure, uh, sure, yeah. yeah. I guess I still approach writing the scripts as if it was just a just a movie, and <clears throat> you know, I'll, I'll rewrite things over and over and over again. You, you know how long it takes me to put something together, but I still think I just kind of write it just like a movie and then worry about how it's going to translate later. You know, and so far it hasn't really been. Aw- I'm sorry. What's that? Ahead. I said, have What's you ever that? found yourself <clears throat> shying away from something because you just couldn't figure out how to uh, do it in audio? Honestly, I think, I don't think I have yet. Um, I haven't done a lot of action stuff yet. I haven't done anything really more complicated. I mean, if I'm ever confused, I can just have the couple do some strange sexual thing and then I'm, I'm good to keep going, but which is a really easy way to kind of pop out and just get through the scene. But yeah, yeah. I, I don't know. I'll, I'll rewrite things so many times. I'm not always sure what my original intent was. You know, I'll come up with some some tangent and just expand from that. How to translate that into into audio hasn't really been that much of a concern yet. I, I just want to keep it keep it moving, and that's probably the whole movie mindset behind it all. Um, I want to ask you guys. Uh, we kind of covered this already, but uh, but let's get a more a little more concrete answer. Uh, your favorite character? Um, I, I I'm assuming for for Jeremiah, I'm assuming it's Rachel and Jacob. Is there another no. character aside from those two that that uh, stands out to you? Maybe somebody that you didn't expect to like at first, but that you've come to really like? Uh, yeah, actually, and it's it's not a, someone we've actually get, gotten a lot of parts for, but uh, when uh, Jonesy, I really like Jonesy, like. Uh, I think that's Peter that does that voice. Peter Dixon, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, he was just sort of a throwaway, throwaway character to me, almost like from. I don't know if you guys have ever seen that movie, uh, uh, with honors like Brendan Fraser. Yeah. Really, really, and that's that's sort of like what where that Jonesy character came from, just sort of like a play on that kind of that kind of character, the really smart homeless guy, right? And and uh, he's he's got this really sarcastic uh, tone to him, and. Uh, when I heard that voice for the first time, I knew we were on to something. And I think it was the sixth <laughs> or seventh episode. He was in jail, and I just thought, wow, uh, this guy. we got to do something with this guy. I really like that character. got a lot of potential. Awesome. And, Tiffany, how about for you? Um, I think it's pretty obvious that I, I like my uh, – I, I do love Crow. Crow is probably my favorite in terms of just, like – I love that he's crazy and eccentric and British. I think the British accent is extremely sexy. So uh, favorite there. Um, but um, originally, when we all signed on, you guys had us do a big survey about, you know, like which character did we relate most to and stuff. And Sparrow and uh, Jimmy are probably my two favorite characters and the two that I feel like I – and they're probably my favorite because I feel like I can relate to them both uh, – Sparrow says the things that I think, and Jimmy acts the way that I actually do, which is really embarrassing to say, but <laughs> I'm a big klutz, and I'm a huge nerd, and, you know, like, I, I know obscure things. I, I throw out Star Wars references just because I think it's, you know, I, I like Star Wars. And so if a Yoda thing comes up, of course I'm going to say something about Yoda. You know, if somebody says I'm going to try, then you say no, do or do not. There is no try. You, you throw stuff out like that. And so I think that's why I like writing them both, and I just I like funny characters too. So I, I like being kind of audacious and being silly. And Jimmy is kind of like the epitome of of this silly character who takes himself like you know the stuff that he does is not weird to him. And I think that's what's great about him is that he can be silly, but to him he's being totally serious. And I, I love that about him. The fact that he names his motorbike, you know, his little uh, Vespa, um, <laughs> Brunhilde, you know, I, I think it's great that he just thinks that that's the coolest thing in the world and that's what's going to get him chicks. And so, yeah, I, he's I my totally favorite. I totally believe it. Absolutely. I love that. The commitment. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> 
Jeremy, how about you? Um, uh, favorite, but also maybe characters you were surprised by as the season went along. I have to say the one I was most surprised by um, be Cedric. You know, I yeah. never quite saw something so big for him and so likable for a yeah. character like that. But you know, that's that's probably the biggest surprise. Um, I still have to say I, I think I think Xander's my favorite character just because of his. Um, you know, I like the the tortured antihero type guy and <clears throat> one who's not quite so good and placing him in the center I think is great. So I had the most fun with him, but I don't know. Sheriff Bradley is also another another popular one for me. Just <clears throat> his down home, exasperated qualities are, are, are really nice. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, yeah, I do he's he's definitely fun to write in, in that I think he's one that he doesn't have that sort of manic quality of, of Crow or the sort of silliness inherent in Jimmy Details or you don't get the fun sarcasm, but you get that sort of world-weary vibe from him. He, he's he's a good of, straight character, he's but he's a, he's, he's a character still. Yeah. I'm sorry, say that again? I, I said he, he's the straight character normally, but he's a good character still. I mean, he, yeah. he, he's not stripped of character being put in that part, you know? Yeah, yeah. Um, I don't know. Um, yeah, and you, you mentioned Drexel earlier. You know, he's turned in, out to be a blast. Yeah, he and Jimmy are probably the most fun to write in my in my book. Um, just their voices. I, I love doing Xander and Sparrow. I mean, the, those two just the, and the banter between them. I I, I love those. Scenes. Yeah. Those are some of yeah. My favorites. There's no character you know? that I dread popping up. No, no, absolutely not. No, I've got. I think at this point, uh, I've got a handle on everybody. You know, some just some better than others. Some you have more of an affinity for than others. Sure. Sure. Let me let me turn that around now. Um, the okay, so that was the characters. Now, was there a favorite episode or a favorite scene, either that you wrote or that someone else wrote, um, this in season one that you really just felt like, wow, that's it, that encapsulates, um, you know, Wormwood for me. Uh, Jeremiah, how about you? Oh man, that's tough. There's a lot of really great stuff. Uh, the the fishing scene. The dream sequence, like, yeah, the, yeah. The dream sequence. I loved that thing. That that it explained. I don't know. It was just it was just so much fun, and it sort of sort of showed what those characters were about. It was it was Jimmy and Crow, right? Yeah, and like that, yeah. That's the whenever you say scene, the first one that pops into my head. And I'm not sure sure which one of us wrote that, but I think it was that Jeremy, was right? Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. Really and awesome. that was just an experiment too. I didn't know if it was going to work, and we even talked about that a little bit, Dave, for a while. Yeah, whether that would I was concerned throw people about off it. or not. So try to keep it short, but yeah, I like that one. <laughs> yes, that's 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 a that's a favorite. But I mean, there's a lot of good scenes running around and, that show. Yeah. So. Oh, definitely, definitely. Um, Tiffany, how about you? Um, let's see. There seem to be two directions for Wormwood with me, and one is like the you know the the lighthearted, silly side where you actually see all the the actual characters coming out, like you know, because they're all individuals and. So you see all of that aside from the mystery part of it, and I I don't think that I really have a huge favorite scene in terms of like which one shows the individual characters of each person because there, there's just too many to, to mention. But I do think my favorite scene from the first season overall, just because I think it did such a great job at the horror aspect of it, was actually um, when Emily gets killed because. I'm sorry, but, you know, creepy little kids, and all of a sudden they go, like, into this trance and they kill someone? Yeah, I I think it's great. So I, I, I just I thought that was a really creepy scene, and I was totally into it, and it totally drawn into that particular episode because of that scene. And, you know, everything had been building and building and building towards that one particular moment, and you were kind of just waiting for it. You knew someone was going to die. And you already had an idea that it was going to be Emily, so I mean, it, it was just really cool to to watch that happen. So yeah. Yeah, yeah. Jeremy, how about you? Well, I just want to kind of add to that that scene with um <clears throat> with the uh, the drowning would be um episode eight that followed that. It was a little different than than everything else that come before, where it was just that that two character. Well, actually, no. I, let me go back. It, uh, a little different where it started with Drexel doing his his call to the police station, finding the body. And it was a good page and a half, two pages of script, just this guy nervous 
over the um, over the um, um, scanner, and then you know the episode turns into this investigation with two you know two minds you know looking for different things inside the room in the uh, the, the bathroom in the house. And love that episode. I like how those play back to back you know as a two parter. So that one that one stands out to me. Yeah, yeah. I, I but then again, it's I, tough you know because there's every every episode has has a standout moment. I think. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. I totally agree with that too. I thought um, episode 11 that has the dream sequence in it. I really love that episode. Jeremy wrote that one because it felt more self-contained in a way. And I liked that because one of the things that I thought that season one, I think it's a strength and a weakness is that it's very serialized. And there are cha- and, and I'm, I'm very much a guilty party in this, so it, where episodes are written literally as chapters and uh, they just really set up the next episode and, and they're not, you know, they're not kind of self-contained. I think season two, and I'll talk about that in a minute, um, you know, is a little more self-contained in the way the episodes are structured. But uh, but I, I, I love the way he was able to pull that off in 11. Um, I am very proud of 8. Um, you know, Jeremy wrote 7, and he wrote The, the Death of, of Emily. And then I love being able to write Crow and Bradley sort of teaming up in a way to start investigating this and the revelations, because for me that's where the whole series snaps into place. And it's like, okay, this is what it's all about. It's not about who dies. It's about why they died and what happens next. Exactly. That's um, the moment when you realize what the show is going to be. Everything else exactly, was built up. Exactly. I also loved, um, uh, uh, I loved uh, uh, episode 16, I think it was. Uh, we talked about this in our actors discussion, but where uh, uh, <laughs> Crow brings back, uh, uses a spell to bring back Charles and Katrina Edison, and uh, they start arguing. <laughs> You know, 16, I know it ended up with a different title for the episode, but I, I still can't shake the fact that it was originally joked at being titled Minnow's Love Basement. And that's what it <laughs> kind of is to me. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, and I mean, like you guys said, there's so many great so many great um, um, scenes throughout. I mean, I think the stuff with Rachel and Jacob, uh, uh, particularly towards the end as they discover um, – you know what happened to Rachel, and they do that. I think I think that's some great tension, and I want to that that one. I want to say not just not just Jeremiah writing, but also uh, Sonia Perozzi and Scott Olenek acting in that scene. There's she actually kind of gets choked up when she sees her her own skeleton. Yeah, that is that is a great moment for that, and it was very satisfying to see that performed. So, so I really, uh, you know, uh, 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 really appreciate that one as well. That's that's definitely a scene. Uh, that's a good one. But there's stuff all the way through. I mean, everybody, every writer has just a gem in there that you know. I, I look at that and I say, oh my god, why didn't I write that? <laughs> <laughs> and how can I take credit for it now? No, <laughs> you know. It, um. So so. Yeah, I mean, I think there's great stuff all the way through that I'm really proud of that all of us did. And, you know, there are places where the lines blur and who did what and who came up with what originally in the writer's room. Um, what's you guys – give me a, a brief uh, take on the writer's room and how we all just banter and, and joke and, and, and Tiffany falls asleep. And, and, then we, <laughs> and, we get the, and we get the stories broken down. And, and we uh, just to explain to the audience is we literally take a chunk of eight episodes and we know the blueprint. We have a blueprint in place, but sometimes there's a lot of holes in it. And we'll sit there and we'll try to figure out the episodes. And as we do, we'll go, okay, and here's episode one, and, and things will start to snap into place as we spit all ideas, you know, as Jeremiah was saying earlier. And then we'll and then we'll basically start to piece together the episodes, and then people will grab them. People will claim them. How do you guys feel about that process that we do? Um, Jeremiah, let's start with you. Uh, it's, it's amazing. Like, uh, I, I come from a place where there are more uh, cows than people, so there's not, like, creative minds very often just hanging around when you can talk to <laughs> And and let me say that um, when you get into a room that's uh, with the five of, of of you guys and gal, uh, it's it's really like it's this amazing creative thing. Like once those once those uh, meetings are over, I I want to hit a keyboard and not stop for days. You know, like it just they get your mind rolling so much. And we have, um, I mean, we just everything comes together and and people talk about it. And uh, you know, I've never experienced anything like that because. Y- someone says something and it snowballs and and then the snowball snowballs and and suddenly like you've got uh this giant thing that's just uh so incredible and like in the first season I didn't notice it so much because in that first writers meeting we pretty much like hammered out uh like the entire season the beats for most of the season and then when we when we came back to do 
uh, like stuff to talk about the second season, it was just like it was fair game, Every, free for all. Everybody had something, and it was it was just such an electric environment. And it's it's really crazy how that can happen, and it's really cool. And you guys are way better than cows, so. <laughs> Thank we're you. Totally I appreciate that. that. Yeah, we're gonna put so. that on the website now. We're way, we're better, way better, better than cows. Than cows. <laughs> <laughs> I'll never forget that. Like uh, once Jeremy had that first scene early on, where where Jacob Kidder wakes up in the guts of the cow. <laughs> Jeremiah cannot get that out of his head now. Yeah, <laughs> that's just in the writers' room about. But then he woke up in a cow. <laughs> I've seen the way that's worked into your scripts, where you'll throw it in there, like, and then I woke up in a cow. <laughs> It's worth it. That's something worth revisiting. <laughs> and, uh, Tiffany, how about you? Do you want to defend yourself for falling asleep um, um, in that one writer's meeting? Hey, <laughs> they do go pretty long. I've fallen asleep in two meetings, for your information. <laughs> Not just one. I've fallen asleep in two. And personally... Oh. <laughs> You're admitting this to us now? We didn't even know. <laughs> <laughs> I have fallen asleep twice. Um but it's usually near the end of the meeting. So it's the very, very end of the meeting. and Hour four, like, something like that. Hey, I have to get up in the morning and work, and I usually get up at like five in the morning because I'm a, an early bird. So by 10 or 11 o'clock at night, I'm just sort of like, ugh, and I, I pass out. It's not that you guys are boring. I, I kind of drift off actually thinking about Wormwood, and then I'm I'm gone. But this is I'm why we also find her the crappy episodes. Hey, you know. <laughs> I like my episodes, and I've grown. I'm kidding, I'm kidding, I'm kidding. No, no, you, you were able to pick out what episodes you wanted in, in the last mm-hmm. uh, bath, everything very yeah. clearly. And so, I, you know, I you were at least be... awake that long. <laughs> well, she picked the second episode. Hey, the last two meetings I've been awake. So, yeah, I, I've stayed awake for the entire meeting the last two times. So. Lis- listeners to this should know that uh, – that that we joke like this all the way through the mm-hmm. meeting. I mean, there will be jokes running all the way through, but we all get along really great. And, uh, you know, it's a really fun experience. Um, a last thing I want to talk about is is season two. Now, keep in mind, this is going to come out before anyone listens to any episode. So uh, let's not give away any spoilers, but let's let's instead tease a little bit. What are Pro you guys... Dies. <laughs> <laughs> He can't die. He's a robot. Didn't you get the the script I wrote? <laughs> now, um, what do you guys um, a look really looking forward to? Without giving away too much, what are you looking forward to writing in season two? And uh, b, what should the audience be looking forward to in season two? Those might be the same answer. I don't know, but take it away, uh, uh, Jeremy. Let's start with you this time. Take it away. Well, it's it's a little different, you know. I mean, now we're having to reset and and start in, in the year, you know. You know, 2015 after Pro has been thought out. You know, being frozen from opening up the object at the the box at the end of season one. I don't know if people caught that. So I mean, just getting into that and that mindset of what's the world going to be like in 2015. I said 2015 first time, right? I yeah, think you said yeah. 2015. But, <laughs> yeah, it's just it, it's different. So I mean, we're, we have to not only maintain you know the character as people have grown to know him, but you know. Paint the world, and I don't know. It's it, it's hard. You're gonna get so much hate mail. Like it's coming. <laughs> the hate mail is coming. Oh, just wait till they realize that his hand is now a cybernetic arm. <laughs> it's it's He's you guys. Have, I'm not sure which one of the Friday the Thirteenth movies it was. I think it was, it was the space one. <laughs> yeah. um, oh, they reset really the, the series thing. on another planet. We're we're doing that, right? Is it time for another romancing the stone moment? <laughs> yeah, I All think right. so. Before, so. Before we get to inside baseball here, let's let's move that along. Uh, uh, do you have a serious answer that you want to add to that? No, that was my way Jeremiah. of avoiding the answer. Okay. All right, Jeremiah. <laughs> any any thoughts? Uh, what what the audience should look forward to in uh, in season two? Uh man, it's going to be a ways down. I'm not going to say anything. I want one word, and that's it. And I'm just gonna say it. it. I just want Grail. I'm I'm so excited. And that's all I've got. That's all I've got. All right, excellent. That's a great tease. Grail. Remember that, everyone. All right, Tiffany. How about you? Um, it's probably not the most exciting because it's obvious. I mean, I I said earlier that I think one of my strengths is character development, and there are two characters specifically 
um, that I try to, in the one episode that um, we're, I think, I don't remember what episode it is. I think it's episode two of the first season. And yeah. yeah, and I really try to develop the relationship between two characters because it's the first time they meet, and I kind of want to start it off in an interesting way. And I have already said in the writers' meetings where I want it to go. I don't know if it's <laughs> going to go there, but I'm trying to set it up that way because that's where I want it to go. So um, without saying who those two people are, um, but, I'm yeah, sure I, that I, our our listeners can figure it out if they really try hard. Yeah, <laughs> that'll be a good that'll be a good tease for them. That's perfect. Uh, you know, I want to add to that that uh, what what I think is really going to be interesting about season two is, uh, and you guys can jump in here and tell me too if you have any thoughts on this. But we've kind of, as Jeremiah hinted at, it's it's kind of a bigger open playing field. We've sort of established a new status quo by the end of season one, and one of my goals in season two was to open up to new ideas, both from the writers and just in how we uh, in how we structure the episodes. The episodes are a bit more self-contained. They, they, they really try to have an individual tale told in, in one, and uh, I think uh, Jeremy's episode five is a really good example of that. Um, it, I, it's, a, it's a Doc Menno story, and I won't say more than that, but... Uh, uh, you know, it really kind of uh, develops one, one angle that Jeremy uh, worked on last season in Wormwood. Uh, episode six, I think, is great. I think people are going to love it. Rob Alspa, who's not with us tonight, he wrote this one. Um, he, uh, he pitched to me a long time ago when I said when I wanted to open it up to new ideas. He pitched to me, the ghost hunters come to Wormwood. And, uh, and uh, I'll say it further. They're a gay couple. And that's it. And, and, and this... <laughs> The episode six, I think, is going to – it almost feels like a spin-off in a way. It, it, there's a lot of fun stuff in there. I'm also really proud of, of episode seven, which I wrote, and uh, uh, um, uh, deals with some of the past of, uh, of Sparrow and Crow. And I won't say more than that, but just for those of you – and I know there's a lot of listeners out there who are fans of Sparrow and Crow and their relationship and what happened in the past. You are going to get more of that in season two, guaranteed. Um so yeah, we it, we also we're also going to play a little. This is the last thing I'll say about season two. We're going to do a little lost structuring where Jeremiah and Rick get to write about a missing period of time, uh, you know, between season one and season two, and that's going to be really fun because we get to do some stuff in there and sort of catch up to the present, and uh, it just gives us a different avenue for storytelling. So I think those things are all okay. things that I'm looking forward to. Um, if you guys want to throw anything else in to add to that, or do they cover I- it all? Yeah, I'll go back a little bit. Just the way we have things structured now for season two, um, already just in the first batch of eight that we have ready to go, it, it's it's so much more eclectic with, with the voices now that we're able to kind of expand upon and, and play with in each individual episode. So there's a greater sound to the entire show now, I think, than what we had in season one. Yeah. Um, and that's that's just because you know, everybody's, you know, grabbing on and taking ownership of, of certain parts of it and, you know, really running with it. And it's, it's, it's showing itself off in just the first batch alone, first batch of eight alone. So I'm excited about that. Yeah, I, yeah. I would, I would agree. And I, I agree too, Dave, with what you said, and that I like that it's moving towards each episode kind of being more self-contained now, because really a, a good reason that Wormwood is a, is a good series is not just that, you know, the first, the first, season was really kind of like plot driven and the second season even though we do have like this overarching plot um i think it's a really good idea that we have a bunch of more self-contained episodes because i think a huge strength of wormwood is that we have so many cool characters in there and the the fact that we have been able to kind of build and make these characters all lovable in their own little way and all interesting, you know, that that's what keeps people interested in, in yeah. the shows, you know, how different each of these people are and how unique each of them are too. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. I would say that by design season one was a mystery novel and it was meant mm-hmm. to be that way. Uh, now with that in place, we're kind of moving to a little bit more of a TV series format. I, I would liken it to something like, like Lost or like Buffy the Vampire Slayer where you have individual uh, character pieces and things like that, but there is an overarching blueprint there. There is an overarching plot that we are heading somewhere with it, and uh, there definitely is going to be a climactic end of season two that will swing us into season three. Uh, for listeners who are wondering, yes, there is a plan for season three. Uh, this this series has been mapped out as as three seasons of you know with a total of seventy two episodes. 
but uh, you know, there's always room uh, for for more within that. I mean, we we really created this great uh, world, uh, I think, and uh, you know, everyone's having fun playing in it. So who knows if three seasons are even going to be enough for us? <laughs> so um, yeah, the last thing I want to mention is uh, really quickly, um, Jeremiah. I know you've got uh, a couple comic books online that people can download. So why don't you give us a plug for that real quick? Yeah, uh, absolutely. Um, I could go on a rant here, but uh, let me just say uh, you can go to uh, MySpace, www.myspace.com slash Kansas Comics. That's just one word, and uh, you'll find all the information you need right there. Now, Kansas Comics, does that mean that these are all about cows? Uh, no, uh, Kansas Comics, the name is sort of it's an initiative to get uh, uh, independent comic book creators from from the Midwest all together and give them an avenue to showcase their stuff. And all the books are free. Uh, you can download them uh, off the internet, and we still get paid for them. So you'll be supporting uh, really, really badly starving artists. And uh, so yeah, it's just That's an initiative. Starving badly, not not artists who are bad, right? Yeah, there's a lot of cows, but we don't like to go eat them raw. You know, like we, we can't afford gas to cook them. You know. <laughs> So, so what, what kind that. of what kind of comics can can we expect can readers expect to find if they go uh, you know go oh, check them out? Oh boy! Uh, well, I was dared to write a teeny bopper teenage girl book, so you'll find some teen drama. Yeah, uh-huh. that's real. That's a that's a true story, true effing story. And uh, that was an experiment. And uh, we're gonna do some more with that later. And uh, it's my favorite, my baby, uh, Dead with Dick and Jane. And uh, it's complicated. There will be zombies. There is a badass, uh, hardcore uh, heroine. She's not a superheroine. She doesn't fly or anything, but she's a very uh, likable female lead character, and I'm really proud of the series. And um, The first installment's out. The second installment's going to be out in maybe three weeks. Cross your fingers. Great. So uh, Wormwood fans should take note of that. For sure, um, Tiffany. Now I know you uh, had just done. You've done some writing recently. Is there anything that you wanna that you know people can go online and check out? Um, geez. Um, I guess they could go online and look at it, but I don't have the link in front of me right now. Um, the coolest thing that's happened to me recently was that I've entered a couple. Um, uh, one in particular, a short writing contest that had like. Not that it's a big, huge thing, but it was big for me because it was a validation. That's all. Um, you know, you grow up and your parents and your creative writing teachers and stuff say, oh, you're good. But they're kind of obligated to because it's your mom and your mom's not going to tell you, you suck. You should stop this. So, um, but I entered a short story contest that I think it had like over 500 participants and I, I ended up placing 10th out of 500. And for me, that's cool to know that, you know, Complete Stranger said you, you know, you're a decent, okay writer, and I won stuff. So um, if anybody's interested in reading those stories, they're actually two ghost stories um, that ended up winning. And I I was, you know, in my round um, before the final round, I ended up getting first in that round. So I guess they're both pretty good stories. And if you're interested in reading them, go to um, my MySpace page, which is, my www.myspace.com forward slash Tiffany K T I F F I N Y K A Y E, and um, I can just forward you the story if you're interested in reading it at all. So um, they're they're okay, and make sure that you spell Tiffany with an I because it's not with an A. That's the spelling. That's and the and if that's so. too complicated, let me just throw that out there. Email Wormwood at Habit Forming Films with the subject header. I want Tiffany's story. And uh, yeah, if, if and, you're uh, interested, I understand. And if you're we'll not pass those. it along to her and make sure that you, can, you know where they go, you, or you know where to go to get them. We'll make sure that you that you get to read those because we're a big fan of uh, ghost stories at Wormwood, obviously. So we're we're uh, and we're proud of our writers, and we want to uh, promote them and all the success until it takes them away from us, and then we'll be bitter. <laughs> I will never leave Wormwood as long as you guys will have me. I will stay. So Boy, all right, you heard, it, you heard it here. <laughs> That's binding. <laughs> Need a blood contract now. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Jeremy, you have any last uh, words that you want to share or add to this discussion? Oh, I don't know. The year is 3015. <laughs> 3015. I'm working on it. Eight mail. <laughs> oh, dude, we we got to throw in the one line. Come with me if you want to live. It's a for season two. That's a perfect note to end.
end on. I think I think we should uh, we should wrap it up with that then. Um, all right. Well, thank you guys very much for um, for you know coming on here and talking about the writing process and about what you like about Wormwood and what uh, we can all look forward to in season two. And um, yeah, this is the team behind the scenes. So everyone should take note that uh, we all work together. We get along just like we sound on the conversation here. And, uh, um, you know, this is the team that puts out the stuff that those actors get to read. So keep, uh, keep that in mind and keep coming back. Uh, in, a, in a couple weeks, we're going to debut uh, Season 2 of Wormwood. So take note and uh, be prepared. So thank you guys for coming on. All right. Thank you. You're welcome. Have a nice. All right. I want to give another thank you to Jeremiah Allen and Tiffany Whitney for joining us for that cool little discussion. I hope you guys enjoyed it. Let us know what you think. Uh, Stay tuned next week. We've got a listener mail show where Jeremy Rogers and I are going to answer some listener questions. There's some great questions. Looking forward to it. Um, And uh, then the week after that, hmm, what, what happens that week? Oh, I know. It might be the launch of Wormwood Season 2 Crossroads with a first episode entitled One Month Later. Would that would that satisfy you guys? Would that, you know, get you going? I hope so. Once again, I'm David Acampo, and welcome to town. Original music compositions by Todd Hodges. Wormwood is a serialized podcast and cannot be distributed in part or whole outside of the podcast format without written consent from the creators. For more information on the cast and writers and individual episode credits, visit www.wormwoodshow.com. Thank you for listening, and welcome to town.